What's up, Buttercups? It is Nate with another episode of Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. In this episode, I review week six in fantasy football. Go over a quick standings update in Taco Court Fantasy Football League. We touch on the betting recap from our previous episode, the look ahead preview for week six and how we did on the betting angle. Talk a little bit about Tua getting a start for the Dolphins and then added a segment uh, called Banger of the Week. So hope you guys enjoy. Uh, feel free to leave a comment, a rating, or review if you like the podcast or let me know what you think about the song at least. Hit me up on Twitter at Naderade530. You can get that link to all of the socials in the show notes down below on whatever platform you are listening on. And if you like the podcast tell a friend tell a friend and be like hey you should maybe check this out i enjoy listening to it so anyways um yep hope you enjoy another episode of taco court fantasy football league podcast and i would like to thank you personally for allowing me to penetrate your eardrums with my voice and the sound waves that are coming from my voice through a microphone to the internet to your earphones or your speakers or whatever it may be and allowing me to get inside you for a little bit anyways my name is nate and i am the commissioner of taco court fantasy football league and the host of this podcast that you are listening to Taco Court Fantasy Football League podcast. Oh, you can find me at Naderade530 on Twitter and Instagram and the TikTok and the like. And if we know each other personally, you can add me on Facebook. You know where to find me there. Probably if you're listening to this, you already have me on Facebook. All right, week six recap. Let's get into it. In matchup one, we had I Shave My Balls for this hosting Too Hot to Handle, and it was too hot to handle. The balls that were shaved were too hot for Brandon to handle as he took a pounding 125 to 87 from Trey. Trey gets good performances out of Christian Kirk for 24 points, Tom Brady 18, and Tim Patrick for 16 points. Top performers out of Brandon is Brandon Cooks, 21 points, Calvin Ridley, 18 points, and Devonta Adams for 12. No touchdowns for Devonta Adams, I don't believe. And with that, we have Trey moving to 4-2 and two and Brandon moving to 3-3. Three and three. In matchup number two, we have the Pocket Dogs hosting Tony Patriot. And in this matchup, Tony Patriot takes a victory 154 to 135. Tony Patriot gets good performances and immaculate performances out of Houston quarterback for 44 points. Will Fuller, 28 points. Got a little combo there. And the George Kittles, 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 and catches for 27 points. And out of Pocket Dogs, we had 42 out of Justin Jefferson. The guy just keeps tearing it up. I believe we talked about that in Tony's podcast, 58 West King. That's also available on all platforms and the whatever platform you're listening to this on it is there we went over wide receivers and stuff like that and we talked about justin jefferson and i believe 
don't quote me on this, but quote me on this. I said he's the best receiver out of this wide receiver class uh, for rookies. And Pocket Dogs got him. James got himself a uh, 22 burger out. Uh, I don't know why I always say burger, but he got 22 points out of CEH and 19 points out of Travis Fulgham. Not enough as he went down 154 to 135. Tony moving to two and four, gets himself out of last place, and the Pocket Dogs move to four and two in second place. Next matchup, we have Password is Taco, the, I guess you'd call him the class of Taco Corp Fantasy Football League, going against Chad. And in this matchup, it went just as planned with Clint taking the victory 129 to 80. Clint got good outings out of Ronald Jones for 28 points, A.J. Brown 22 points, and the Miami quarterback, both of them, for 22 points. James got himself good performances out of Mahomes, the KC quarterback, 24. Chase Claypool, 18. The guy is a monster. You can just start calling him Mapletron. And Kenny Galladay for 16 points, but it wasn't enough to overtake Clint. Clint moves to 6-0, remains in first place. And Chad goes down to eight at two and four. Next matchup, matchup number four, we have the Muir Boners hosting the Eskimo Brothers. And this goes exactly how every other Eskimo Brothers matchup, except for when he faces Baby Ruth, goes. He got demolished, 145 to 111. Octavio, the Murder Boners, get performances of 32 points out of Kenyon Drake, 29 out of DeAndre Swift. I tried to trade him for DeAndre Swift before this game started over throughout the week. I offered him like three or four trades. He declined it. He declined it. He declined it, probably because he didn't have someone to fill the spot. And now that I can never trade for him because the cost is too high and the buffalo quarterback for 19 points the eskimo brothers good thing he's got these guys you know we've got the baltimore quarterback for 32 points travis kelsey for 21 points and debo samuel for 18 but those two picks there that were taken within the first two to three rounds with the baltimore quarterback i think that's the second and third round picks baltimore quarterback and travis kelsey don't seem to be helping his team as he moves back down to one and five in last place where he belongs and the murder bonus moved to three and three in seventh place matchup number five we have baby ruth hosting the scrote squad could things get any worse for wayne and the scrote squad gets pounded by arguably the worst team the second worst team in the league gets pounded 131 to 95 and wayne is our reigning sacco also so this does seem fitting he does really good in tony's league 58 west king that once again that podcast is available on all podcast outlets wherever you're hearing this go ahead and give that a listen really cool stuff over there he's the reigning champion over there but don't let that fool you folks, Sacco. And Wayne still owes us a Sacco punishment. He is charged with piercing his belly button, and he hasn't done it yet. It is six weeks into the NFL season. He doesn't have a belly button piercing. The shit's getting out of hand. <clears throat> Anyways, Baby Ruth takes it down 131 to 95. Gets good outings out of the Atlanta quarterback. 42 points going up against that porous Minnesota defense. Amari Cooper for 20 points. Good to see him getting into a rhythm with the Andy Dalton and James Washington for 16. Scroll squad, best performers. David Montgomery, we're going to talk about him later. 13 points in fantasy. Pittsburgh quarterback, 12, and Tyler Boyd for 12. In the marquee matchup, it did not go as planned whatsoever. The three-penis wine took down the vinegar strokes. 166 to 79, at least I didn't get doubled up. Yours truly just taking a beating from the reigning champion. It's weird that someone else comes up short against Nick. The guy can't even ride fucking roller coasters. Anyways, Nick got 43 points out of Derrick Henry, 38 out of Julio, 20 out of T. Higgins. All those points probably from T. Higgins. I didn't I didn't watch anything past the first half because I sat there an in-game bet 24 to 7. The Colts are down. Said Colts are winning this game. Go check the Twitter machine at Nader8530. You will see it there. Can't even get a retweet out of the Colts, though. Damn. Ugh. Anyways, he gets 20 out of that. My best performer was the Jags quarterback at 20 points, David Johnson at 13, and Ezekiel Elliott at 12. The Cowboys are in trouble. I don't 
think it's Andy Dalton. It's not the quarterback situation. It's everything else on that team is a disaster, and they're going to pay people way too much money that don't help their team. <clears throat> Anyways, we both moved to four and two. Nick ahead of me in total points for third place, and I moved to fourth. And a recap of our standings. In first place, we have at six and oh, password is taco. In a tie for second place, technically based off schedule or record, four and two. All these teams are four and two and are placed accordingly. Pocket dogs, three penis wine, vinegar strokes, yours truly. And I shave my balls for this. That sucks because I hate when Trey's in the standings. In sixth through, let's see, seventh place, we have three and two teams, too hot to handle in the murder boners. Sitting at two and four, we have Chad's team, Tony Patriot, and Baby Ruth, my brother, going down to 10th place. And in 11th and 12th place, we have the Scroll Squad and Eskimo Brothers. I, I believe that Josh really wants to win something, so he's going for the Sacco, but Wayne's really putting it on him. Let's see what that point differential is, because our tiebreakers are total points scored. Oh, oh, Wayne has a nearly 100 points on Eskimo Brother. Oh, yeah, I don't think, I don't think that, I don't, I don't, I don't think that Josh is getting within 100 points of anybody this year. So, And now for a word from our sponsors. And welcome back to the podcast. In the next segment, we're going to go over the waiver wire transactions going into week seven of the 2020 NFL season here in Taco Core Fantasy Football League. It was a slow week on the waivers. Real slow week. We only had two transactions. We had a couple drops Tuesday. There was a drop by Chad's team. Dropped Cameron Brait from the Tampa Bay Bucks. Looks like he was going after one of these other guys more than likely and didn't win out. So here we are in transaction number one, posting at 3.51 a.m. October 21st on a Wednesday in the club going up on a Wednesday. Anyways, the pocket dogs dropped Gerald Everett of the Los Angeles Rams. The tight end picks up Demarcus Robinson because he caught some passes the other day, but who knows who's going to catch passes in KC. Hopefully he just keeps playing him. He paid two bucks. Got him on the sheet. And also... Someone in his household, in the same household. I got a burp, sorry. <laughs> in the same household, the guy who's running his team dropped the Dolphins quarterback and picked up Darren Fells, the tight end from Houston, for 50 bucks. The Dolphins are on bye. I got another burp, sorry. The Dolphins are on bye, but they decided to go with Tua Togovailoa, or however you say his last name. Tua. He's going to be the starting quarterback in week eight. I don't understand it. I don't understand it. It had to have been their plan all along to assess the offensive line and wait till the bye week. However, their bye week was in week 11, and it got moved up to week 7 due to all the COVID-19 stuff that happened and the schedule shifts. Their team's playing decent. They are ranked 11th in DVOA, so they are essentially the 11th most efficient team in the entire NFL, which is pretty decent. You're in top third. You're supposed to be a bum team, right? Brian Flores, I think, is the name of the coach there. He does a really good job. But you have him coming in to start over the next couple weeks. Here's my problem. The Bills suck. The Bills are dog shit, but they're four and two leading the division. Miami is three and three. Miami could probably beat New England, current New England right now. They could definitely beat the Jets. And right now, I think they could beat the Bills. I don't think the Bills are that great. I don't get why they're going to change quarterbacks if they're trying to win. It's not like you need to tank anything. You already have Houston's pick. You want two, two really good picks? Everything's working pretty decently. You're three and three. You're not supposed to be there. Division's wide open. You got chemistry there. Like, they say Tua's really awesome in practice and stuff like that, but who knows what that looks like in the game. They're concerned about the offensive line. Do they not have concerns about the offensive line anymore? Because the first game they're going to put him in is up against Aaron Donald in the Los Angeles Rams. We saw what Aaron Donald did to Alex Smith. Granted, Alex Smith has a reconstructed leg. Tua doesn't. 
but how do you get to need a reconstructed leg? Start your first game against Aaron Donald. You don't think Aaron Donald's going to be salivating to be the first guy to crush that dude three feet down into the dirt? It's just dangerous. They also get to play teams with all new quarterbacks. I think it's like the Chargers, the Bengals, a couple teams like that with all the new quarterbacks and stuff. The other new quarterbacks are doing fairly decent. I think they play Jacksonville. I don't know. I don't, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but they play a lot of really young quarterbacks. But they're playing tough defenses too. Defenses that can get to them. Like I said earlier, they say that Tua is electric in practice. He has to be like phenomenal, phenomenal to be the starter for them to try to win a division when their starting quarterback has 1,500 yards in six weeks. That's roughly 4,200 yards in a season passing. He's got 10 touchdowns, a QBR of 85, a passer rating of 95. Ryan Fitzpatrick is a top seven quarterback in the league right now. And while people may think it's funny, I don't know how many teams want to play the Dolphins. They're dangerous. I don't get it. Tua has to be phenomenal because if they go on a losing streak here, all shit's breaking loose. All shit is breaking loose when they had. And you watch the Bills collapse, New England collapsing. What happens if the Niners go into New England this week and beat them? And to look at the Bills schedule the rest of the season, well, I'm going to pull it up because I know it's fucking brutal. I'm going to pull it up. But the Bills play one of the toughest schedules the rest of the way. And you have the opportunity to win a division, be in the playoffs, sit a guy for a little bit. So here's the Bills schedule the rest of the way. This week, they play the Jets. Okay. Then they play New England. Then they play Seattle. You want to play against Russell Wilson? Then they play Arizona, who could put up points. Then they play the Chargers. Then they play the Niners. Then they play the Steelers. Then they play the Broncos, who still has a decent defense. Then they play the Patriots. Then they play the Dolphins again. The Bills beat the Jets 27-17 to 17 earlier in the season. They beat the Dolphins by two. The two or three. My eyes are bad. They beat them by three, 31-28. to 28. They beat the Rams when they shouldn't have, 35-32. to 32. They beat the Raiders, 30-23. to 23. They got smashed by the Titans, and the game wasn't even that close, but they got smashed by the Chiefs. So now they're going to play the Jets this week, the Joe Flacco Jets. Then they're going to play New England. So say they win the Jets, they lose to New England. So that puts them at 5-3. and three. They lose to Seattle, 5-4. and four. They lose to, say, a toss-up. Say they, say they beat one of these two teams, the Cardinals and the Chargers. I don't even know what the count is anymore. 6-4, six 6-5, and 6-5 six and six and there. They lose to the Niners, lose to the Steelers, 6-7. and seven. Do they beat the... Do they beat the Broncos? Seven and seven. Do they beat? Do they go to New England and win? Like they could probably beat the New England, but how long is New England really going to be this bad? Like Belichick is a great coach. He's, you have to assume that he's going to figure it out to be at least be able to win one of these. These guys can legit finish eight and eight, eight and eight, and they're four and two right now. It's going four and six the rest of the way. Now let's look at Miami's schedule. I talked about it a little bit earlier. They have some tough games too. Play against the Rams, but with Ryan Fitzpatrick, they could probably beat the Rams. It's a home game at one o'clock Eastern. That's ten o'clock Pacific time it's never good for a west coast team they go to arizona they can definitely beat arizona arizona's not nothing special the chargers is a toss-up and this is with ryan fitzpatrick at quarterback so say they win they go two and two within this four game stretch rams cardinals chargers broncos and you're sitting at what is that week nine ten yep ten and you're five and five then you play the jets six and five play the Bengals, seven and five play the chiefs seven and six that's a home game though but the chiefs are usually better on the road play the patriots that a toss-up now, too? That's a home game against the Patriots. Do the Patriots win in Miami? Nope. Raiders? Who knows what that looks like at the end of the season? And the Bills. They can beat the Bills. They can finish 9-7. and seven. Tua's got to be electric. Ryan Fitzpatrick, there's an article or a little video, and I don't know if it's satire. It's probably satire. Ryan Fitzpatrick, heartbroken after benching. 
probably satire. He seems like a good guy. Anyways, look out for trade news for Ryan Fitzpatrick if he goes to Washington Redskins or the Washington R-Words. Excuse my French. I'm not a racist. If he goes to the R-Words, you can bet the R-Words to win the division. They're one game back. They have a decent defense. And their offense has skill players. They just need a guy who can fucking sling it, who can move protections. But if he goes to Washington, they're winning the division. Book that. I firmly believe that if Ryan Fitzpatrick were the quarterback of the San Francisco 49ers last year, they mopped the fucking floor with the Jets. Anyways, uh, betting recap. So we did some bets on the last podcast in the preview for week six. All the parlays minus one got tanked. We expected that. I said they were dumb. We were risking like half unit to quarter units on all the parlays. However, one of them covered and it was the Lions to win outright. The Falcons to cover plus four. They beat the brakes off of Minnesota and the Dolphins to cover minus nine and a half. That was a risking half unit for a two and a half. So we bumped, we banged that. I did bet another thing. I don't think I said uh, like a little shekel. This was like a, a tenth of a unit just to just to put it out there because the odd was so high. But first touchdown score for was DeAndre Swift. We got fucking raked on that. That asshole Adrian Peterson gets like the first drive, goes out there, and it's like, oh, man, this guy's got 15 yards, bangs in a touchdown. And then everything we thought would happen with DeAndre Swift happened. If he had it, an over yards prop, we would have banged it. I believe the guys in our group thread bet DeAndre Swift to score two touchdowns because we were talking heavy on DeAndre Swift and the Lions and how they're moving forward, their offensive line and stuff like that. A couple of those guys went wild and bet some, they like to bet some two touchdown props, like little small bets because there's a big return and someone usually scores two touchdowns in a week. So let's see who who's in a position to succeed and throw some flyers. So they do that. We bet the Bears early in the week, plus three. They ended up winning like we said they would. So that was a win. So we also bet David Montgomery to go over 62 and a half yards and the Bears forgot that they were playing the fucking Panthers and that you could just run all over them. And he finished, I think, with 59 or something like that. Something something like that. And I just lost the screen I was looking at. Uh, we bet the Adrian Peterson under prop. That was like 60 yards. That was easy. We banged that out. Uh, and a couple of things we did say is that Atlanta would felt like Atlanta would win the game. They did that. We talked a little bit about, and maybe this was only in the group thread, but this is something that I think is good to know about sports betting stuff is that when you see big spreads like New England had against the Broncos, but the totals are low, those are usually stayaways. They're really scary. Low totals mean less scoring. And the chances that someone wins, you know, 21, I don't know, 24 to 7, 24 to 14, something like that, usually don't happen as much. Um, I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But big spreads, 9, 10, 11, stuff like that, just eight in totals that are like 42, 43 points. That's really hard to do. So because um, your team's not scoring as much, which is giving the other team a lot of opportunity to score as well. So. That's something there. Uh, in game, we talked about it earlier. The Colts were down twenty-four to seven, and we bet in game pretty heavily to um, hedge some out some of those parlays. Said they would win the game. Felt it. They were starting to move the ball, and there was going to be a collapse because they started running it a little bit more. They're passing decent, getting on on pace, and teams like the Bengals just fold in those things. We had the parlay that was that we won earlier, and then uh, the parlay that was from college football over to the NFL was the Florida State money line at plus 395 and the Cowboys money line to win the ball game. Um, yeah, that didn't happen. And then all those teasers and stuff like that. failed. In-game betting, I believe, is where my strength is when I'm watching stuff. Um, at the beginning of the Broncos game, I started seeing that they were doing, they weren't really moving the ball really well and they were halting and the Patriots are pretty stingy once you get into the red zones and stuff like that. So I did do a bet of 
the Broncos team total under 18 and a half. I think that was another thing. I had some New England, uh, some New England spread at negative eight, minus eight in some parlay stuff. And I didn't feel good about it. I started thinking about low totals and big spreads, like eight in a 40 something game. And um, so I bet the Broncos under 18 and a half that cashed. Um, trying to look through some of this stuff right here real quick. So I make sure I cover all the bases. Yep. Adrian Peterson under 61 and a half. We talked about that. Um, I uh, bet the, this was in game. We bet the under 46 and a half at minus 117, which is fairly decent. Um, it was started getting juiced quick on the New York Jets and Miami Dolphins team uh, game total. So basically realized that the Jets weren't going to score a damn point with Joe Flacco and said, as long as they don't score a touchdown on defense and special teams and then have like a field goal or something like that uh, throughout the game because Miami turns the ball over, Miami just doesn't have to score 39 points. They felt like they were going to take the brakes off or the, put the brakes on a little bit. And that's it for the NFL bets of the week. And don't have an NFL lean right now on some stuff. I listen to a lot of things and there's a really big spread this week. And it's the Bills playing the Jets. With Sam Darnold at the helm, they were separated by like 10 points or something like that. We talked about it a little bit earlier. But I believe this spread, yep, so they... They won 27 to 17. So let's look at this spread right now. I believe it opened up at 13 or 11 or something like that. And it's probably closer to 14 right now. And we're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. The Bills are minus 13 against the Jets. Minus 13 is fucking huge. Low total of 45. But the Jets can't score. But can they? I don't know. There's a lot of people looking at taking 13. If it gets to 14, maybe. Not many teams cover a 14. But maybe it's a bounce back game for the Bills staying away look at things the titans are minus one against pittsburgh i do not like this i think that pittsburgh can put pressure taylor luan is out for the tennessee titans that is huge huge for the tennessee titans that might be something i'm looking at too pittsburgh at minus 110 at plus one which is weird plus one and the money line are separated by a nickel so you can pick them to win at 105 but the only thing difference there is that they lose by a point or they win i don't think they're losing by a point to tennessee so might as well just take the better odds to double up your cash and scrolling down new england is a two-point favorite up against san francisco I feel like that line moved but we'll figure that out kansas city nine and a half don't like it the chargers minus seven and a half against jacksonville that feels like a trap might be betting jacksonville that can get to eight i don't know seven and a half and eight are the same thing so and the rams are six point favorites monday night football against the bears the Bears lost a game. The Bears lost a game. Huh? They lost one game. They lost one game to the Colts. But they beat the Bucks, the Panthers, the Falcons, the Giants, and the Lions. Think they could beat the Rams this week? I don't know. We'll see. The Rams did not look good last week. The Bears defense is legit. Let's see other bets. I did bet a presidential election bet. Bet the president to get reelected at plus 130. Saw the line move to plus 140, and it jumped back really quick. It's sitting at plus 120 right now. And I b- believe that... This is not my political opinions or anything like that. It's just money. When you look and chart out everything, everything looks the exact same from last time. Whatever all the predictions were. Now let's look at what the odds are today. We got them at plus 130 and is at plus 115. That's 15 cents. That is huge. Getting close to being a favorite, to be reelected. With all the things in the landscape, that that's where I'm going to put my money. That's what I believe is going to happen. That's what we're doing here. Trying to predict things that happen. Except when it comes to the World Series. And the World Series, last night, I believe it is Trey. I shaved my balls for this. Asked me, who's scoring first, Nate? Baseball. You know baseball. A little bit more than I do. And he said, uh, is it the Dodgers? 
I break down all the stuff. You know, like, oh, this, this, this. I'm not petting it. Why you gotta ask me that, man? Oh my gosh, it's the World Series, and you know how much anxiety this provides me. Like, oh my gosh, stop asking me the questions. He's like, nope, I'm asking you. And I said, ah, give me the Rays. I could see, you know, it's Phenom Randy hitting one over the hitting over the wall in the first inning, and then Kershaw goes the next four lights out, next four innings lights out, right? Give up a sh- solo shot, get it out of the way, and just fucking roll through. And I was like, but everything kind of analytically says that the Dodgers should score first. I think they're a lot better team glass now has holes he's a really good pitcher but you know postseason time and all this kind of stuff is new to him you know the dodgers are on the street they got their bats back a little bit i could see them pumping up a couple runs really early you know trying to help like really just trying to get some runs on the board to calm Kershaw down a little bit on the mound, get him a little bit longer stretch because the bullpen was taxed out of the uh, coming out of the Atlanta series. So, you know, maybe there's a, a little extra incentive just to get things done. Right. And while Tampa Bay has a better pitching staff overall, Dodgers have the bats like crazy left hand, right hand. They alternate it. Sorry. My nose itches again. It's a common theme of this podcast, but they alternate the batting order, right, left, right, left, right, left, right, left, because of the new rules where relief pitchers have to pitch three batters. They can't go one batter, switch out one batter, switch out because they're trying to speed up the game. Don't know how much that's really helping because um, the games are still fucking long, but that's just baseball. So I was like, if I had to bet, if it was my money and I'm not doing it, I would bet the race. And so he went with the Dodgers. He's like, well, you're not going to bet it because it's your team and you don't want to be let down and this is this. So then I showed him a bet that I bet because I am a psychopath and I bet the Tampa Bay Rays to win the World Series yesterday post game pre game one through some cash decent amount for one bet that I want to lose but I bet the Rays to win the series do I really think that's going to happen no I think the Dodgers win the World Series this year I think they're the better team I think Mookie provides a lot more to the team than they've ever had and as far as like veteran leadership and he's won a World Series and he leads off and he kind of sets the tone he gets on base last night he was ripping bags all that noise and i think he calms the team down a little bit makes it fun to play baseball get rid of some of the anxiety but i bet the race because of my past and i have ptsd when it comes to my sports teams in championships the niners last year the dodgers the two years before that 2012 to 2013 ncaa football notre dame plays alabama notre dame goes undefeated and they're done by seven minutes into the game i'm used to letdowns in my life i'm used to letdowns for the things i care about the most my sports teams the dodgers especially the dodgers baseball is my favorite sport this is a football podcast fantasy football podcast but i love baseball it's the greatest game ever i love the dodgers and i just want to see them win a world series but if they let me down again whoo at least we want to bet and i'm willing to waste that money for the dodgers to win a world series am i a psychopath let me know leave a review tweet at me at nader8530 on twitter hit me up on instagram slide in the dm that's where it goes down at nader8530 n-a-t-e-r-a-d-e-530 those are numbers hit me up let me know until next time love you bye banger of the week banger meaning song that slaps that i'm listening to that i discovered or that i have heard in the past it may be anything from something new something old that i love that just hits me this week and i want to listen to it a lot but we're getting into one song a week and then talk about it a little bit and then it'll play in the podcast got it good all right this song is by T.I. featuring Alec Barace. It is called Panton Blue. Heard this on Gary V's Monday to Monday playlist on Spotify that updates every single Monday with a list of songs and new stuff that's coming out or just low noticed artists, kind of undergroundish, but not really undergroundish, just good, good music. Anyways, this song is called Panton Blue by T.I. featuring Alec Barace. Panton Blue, what's that? This is all coming from Panton.com. Panton.com. A timeless and enduring blue hue, 
Pantone 19-4052 Classic Blue is elegant in its simplicity, suggestive of the sky at dusk. The reassuring qualities of the thought-provoking Pantone 19-4052 Classic Blue highlight our desire for a dependable and stable foundation on which we build as we cross the threshold into a new era. Imprinted in our psyches as a restful color, Pantone 19-4052 Classic Blue brings a sense of peace and tranquility to the human spirit, offering refuge. Aiding concentration and bringing laser-like clarity, Pantone Blue recenters our thoughts. A reflective blue tone, Classic Blue fosters resilience. As technology continues to race ahead of the human ability to process it all, it is easy to understand why we gravitate to colors that are honest and offer the promise of protection. Non-aggressive and easily relatable, the trusted blue, Pantone blue, lends itself to relaxed interaction associated with the return of another day. This universal favorite is comfortably embraced. So that's that on Pantone blue. And here's the song. Love you, bye. Pantone blue Shout to the Mohammed, nigga so fly, not a day go by, I ain't been that dude Got that vibe, when my leg get high, on a 3.5, I'ma bring back two I'm the exception, consider me the anomaly No superstition, a superstar, no astrology I got a hundred flow, go a hundred piece I want a hundred mil, but did you want to me? Keep it a hundred then, keep it a hundred still Get on your ass, I don't care never who you going to A pretty hater never kept me like they goggle Nigga behind the wall, a pretty let you out of them Chasing your tail like they got you on a carousel Trying to beat yourself like you playing solid when you need a help, they were never there If you live or die, feel like they never care Meanwhile, I'm never gay smooth, moving through the pandemic God that made a believer out your head, not in it Nigga, mind your business, shut down, your business, shut down New York in a New York minute Listen, until your ambition, feeding your family Listen, don't expect them to get your vision When the shit bad live and you can't come through Got the Rover truck and the Phantom 2 Both Pantone Bend the corners at the home with the lit read Muggin' hard, he said nothing, look at Miss Cheese Show it to him, but don't let it smile, man, lead you Okay, now ain't nobody around, can no one see you If we proceed with the procedure Okay, now 12 come around, speak no evil When the M.O. lady, she don't know neither On social media, the people be talking shit, so unfortunate If I ignored it, you can see it important, yeah Knew who I was and never tried to be more than that Scrambling quarterback, ballin' board and jet Start recouping before you ain't could go in the deck Nothing but love to the one that's showing respect All of my prayer to the one that opposite that Shit 
When they open in the side, it's your fascination. Me, I'm more worried about the vaccination. Many people diabolical, they in the play. We put that shit in you or your baby, your ass crazy. But when the sun's out and it's backlit, you sit in poolside with a bad shit. When the shit bad live and you can't come through, got the Rover truck and the Phantom 2, both pants on. Blow. Yeah, you and